Y'all can be seated. And if you would go to 1 Corinthians 12 this evening, please. If you didn't bring a Bible, hold up your hand. Our ushers have extra Bibles. We'll be glad to let you use one of ours. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. For some weeks we've been on the subject of being hungry for the Holy Spirit. Say that out loud. Hungry for the Holy Spirit. Are we? We're getting more so. The truth is, most folk are not all that hungry for the Holy Spirit. But we should be. Because he's the best. He is the best. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 31st verse, last verse of the chapter. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And he starts talking about love. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Should we do that? If we're instructed in the word to covet earnestly the best gifts, what should we do? Do you? Did you hear the enthusiasm? (laughs) Well, the truth, we might as well be honest with ourselves. We have not really done this. And uh, folks like you and me are stronger about it than a lot of people. And we haven't been very strong about it. But that's why we're teaching on it and preaching on it because we're getting there. One of the biggest enemies to the will of God and the move of the Spirit in the church and in our personal lives is uh, apathy, complacency, and lack of hunger and desire. People are just, you know, self-satisfied and lazy. Sometimes I've had, you know, somebody asking me, there was a situation, a meeting over in a rural part of Africa where there had been several blind eyes opened and a man raised from the dead. And somebody asking me, well, now why don't we see more of that over here? Why don't we see more of that here? I said, well, one reason is a lot of the folk that were there walked a minimum of two days to get there and stood out in the 100 plus degree sun all day long to hear the word of God. And you got folks here in the States. You know what I'm about to say now? They won't drive across town to be in the meeting, right? If it inconveniences them at all, or if, they, you know, they have to park in the back and walk a long ways, well, no, they won't come next time. Or if they can't sit close enough, or if something's, you know, just not convenient enough or comfortable enough, well, they won't come. Why? Not hungry enough. When you get hungry enough... You'll get up early. You'll go far. Now, we, you know, we've got some hungry people in this church. Well, we've got a bunch of our folks that drive hour or two one way. Come to service. We've got people drive five hours one way. We've got people come once a month, drive 10, 12 hours. One way. Hungry. And, you know, God's done some things for us, too. We hear testimonies, don't we? Yes. People have been healed. 
But even at that, there is a lack of real, strong hunger. Why do we say real strong hunger? What did the scripture say? Covet earnestly. That's a driving thing, isn't it? You know, most folk in this building don't even remember the last time you were hungry. (laughs) You hadn't gone that long between meals. But you go a few days without eating and your stomach will start talking to you. And it'll begin to motivate you. You get hungry enough. I remember I was out of the country for several days. And the food was not what I was used to eating. And uh, some things I felt I should not eat. (laughs) And uh, I got back in town. And one of the first things I saw was the golden arches. (laughs) And I'll tell you that was one of the finest sights I had seen. And prior to leaving and going, I don't know when the last time I had driven by the Golden Arches. Kind of take them for granted, but oh, I thought I heard music when I saw them. I thought, Big Mac. Whoa. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Hunger changes the way you see things. Hunger changes your priorities. Doesn't it? When you're hungry enough, and people say, well, we got to do this, this, and this. You say, hey, I'm going to eat right now. Now. We'll eat, and then we'll do that. But when you're hungry enough for the Word of God, it takes first place. It takes priority. The things of God, God's churches, His ministries, what He's doing, His Word. And that's, you know, why, why is every church in America and the world not packed out to the seams and having to believe for bigger? Because people are just not hungry. But we're getting that way. We're stirring up, aren't we? We're stirring up. We can't control other people and do it for them, but we can for ourselves. Say it out loud. I am getting hungrier. I covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Now skip down to the 14th chapter. 14 and 1. He said, follow after charity or love and do what? desire spiritual gifts. And he said, but rather that you may prophesy. Skip down to verse 39. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Covet and forbid not to speak with tongues. Covet. Now, a lot of people, not only are they not coveting these things, they don't even believe they're for us today. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in prophecy. They don't believe in gifts of healings and working of miracles and these things. They say they're passed away and they're not for us and and all this. Well, then they're certainly not coveting them earnestly. But we do believe in them. I said we do believe in them. You know one thing that will stir up your hunger? Get to talking about it. Hmm? Get to talking about it. Phyllis and I were doing something the other day and I wasn't hungry at all. And they had the TV on, this commercial came on. And I mean, I forget what it was, but it looked good. And somebody was cooking something. And um, they, boy, they kept on putting this flavoring on it and putting that flavoring and, and browning it and, and doing this. And I thought, man, I'm getting to want one of them right now. Well, I wasn't even thinking about it before they started talking about it. 
Well, what will help us desire and hunger for the gifts of the Spirit? Talk about them. So we've been talking about speaking in tongues. We've been talking about interpretation. We've been talking about prophecy. We've been talking about word of knowledge and word of wisdom. You want to go on tonight? Let's talk about some more of them. And let's get hungry. Let's, hmm, so that you think tomorrow, hmm, I like me some word of knowledge. Woo, I, oh, I, hmm, hmm, just thinking about word of wisdom excites me. Hmm, if you're not there, get there. Let's get there. Uh, go back to 1 Corinthians 12 there in the first chapter. Let's read down through there. Let's remind ourselves of what we're supposed to be coveting earnestly. Verse 1, chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Does he want us to know about these and be knowledgeable of these? Uh, verse uh, 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration or ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Who can have these in their life? Every man. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Somebody say word of wisdom. Mm-mm. Word of knowledge. Oh, I like it. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Somebody say it out loud. Working of miracles. Gifts of healings. Faith. Oh, we're hungry for it. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Say, I'm hungry for those two. We want more of them. Further, higher, greater manifestations of all of these. We covet them earnestly. He said, but all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to who? Who? That's the second time he said that phrase. To every man severally or individually as he wills. So who can have these manifested in their life? Are you an every man? Are you one of those? Then can you have, now you don't tell the Lord, you know, well, I want you to use me just like this. No, let him manifest it as he wills. And he said, to one is going to be like this, to another, so it's not going to be the same, like cookie cutter with everybody. But all of us have a right to hunger for them. And you know, I'm hungry to see them manifested, whether it's through you or me. Would you be hungry like that? See, he's not just writing to John Smith in the church at Corinth. He's writing to the church. At Corinth, all of you desire these things. And so, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be through me. If it comes through you and somebody gets a miracle, I'm happy about it. If it didn't come through you or me, but it comes through our brother or our sister, and somebody got their answer, somebody got delivered, somebody got helped, somebody got healed, then what does it matter that it didn't come through me? What matters is it happened. We're hungry for it to happen, not just through us individually. But, of course, all of us need to be ready and know how to yield and respond 
and uh, let him use any of us any way, any time, as he wills, as it pleases him. Now, we said these manifestations fall logically into three groups. Revelation manifestations, power manifestations, and utterance manifestations. Three of these do something. Three of these reveal something. And three of these say something. The utterance ones are tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. He said covet earnestly the greatest or the best gifts. Well, the greatest of those three would be prophecy. The manifestations that are power, the gift of faith, working the miracles, gifts of healings. These all do something. They work a miracle. They heal a body. They affect a miracle. Well, of those, faith would be the greatest. We'll be talking about this more as we have time as the Lord leads us. Three of them are revelation manifestations. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits. And of these three, the greatest is the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom entails the uh, plan and understanding and will of God pertaining to the future. Well, what's more valuable than that? Well, we've talked about word of wisdom. We've talked about word of knowledge. But we haven't talked much about discerning the spirits. Are you ready to go into that one tonight? Let's go into this. Let's talk about discerning of spirits. Look at the text here again now. Make sure we know what we're talking about. Chapter 12 and uh, verse uh, 10 he said to another, the work in the miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Say those three words. Let's make sure we know what the Bible said to us. Discerning of spirits. Say it one more time. Discerning of spirits. Now, the reason I take time to say that is because there's a lot of, when the Lord said, I don't want you ignorant of these, why would he say that? Because there's a lot of ignorance about these things and a lot of confusion. And you'll hear people say, well, I have the gift of discernment. There is no such gift mentioned. I have discerning of demons. That's, you don't find that in the Bible. What does it say? Discerning of spirits, plural. Discerning, if you look up that word, there are two chief meanings in it. One of them means to look at or to see or look intently at. And um, I believe that's the strongest definition of this word in this passage. The other one, to discern means a distinguishing, distinguishing, two words, to look at, to distinguish. Now, what are we looking at and distinguishing? Spirits, spirits. This is not the gift of fault finding. I mean, there's unsaved folk got that. And like we said, it's not the gift of discernment. That's not in the scripture. And nobody has these gifts that they possess like personal property that they can turn off and on at whim. That's just not the way these work. 
all these worketh that one in the self-same spirit, dividing the manifestation of it to every man as he wills. As he will. This one is the looking at and the distinguishing of what? Spirit. Let's say that out loud. The looking at. The distinguishing of. Spirits. Spirits. Now what is a spirit? Somebody said, well, it's a devil. No. Not just. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit. Obviously. Spirit. Jesus is a spirit. Angels are spirits. And the devil and demons. Spirits. All spirits. Now when we say spirit, what is that? Because there's a lot of folk don't even believe in what we're talking about now. All they believe in is what they can see and feel and measure with an instrument. If they can't see it under a microscope or through a telescope, if they can't put it in a test tube, then it doesn't exist. And yet, if you believe the Bible, you have to believe in the realm of spirits. Is there another realm besides this right here? Is there, you know, whatever word you want to use for another dimension, another realm? Turn to John 4, please. John 4 and 23. Jesus said the hour comes and now is. John 4.23, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Say spirit. spirit. God is what? He's a spirit. Well, if you don't believe in spirits, you don't believe in God. And you see philosophers, you see skeptics, you see atheists shouting, where is God? It's a figment of weak people's imagination. There is no God. Why do they say that? Because they are carnal, fleshly natural people and don't even realize that they themselves are a spirit. (laughs) Are you a spirit? Or are you just another animal? Hmm? Are you just a brain and a body? See, our young people are taught in universities. That they'll hold a uh, molding of a brain or in medical school an actual article and go, isn't it amazing what has come out of these three pounds of gray matter? And everything a person is, is right here in this little 
handful of tissue? Absolutely not. If somebody surgically removed your brain, you are still you. And you still have your mind. So how can you have your mind and you ain't got a brain? Because they're not the same. (laughs) I said they're not the same. Now it'd be a problem because you couldn't express yourself through your physical body. You need your brain. Outside of a miracle, God could do it. Right? But normally you need your brain. But it's amazing how What's the word? Uh, Foolish and arrogant people are. If they'd just be honest, researchers would know they quickly get to a place they can't explain. Oh, we understand all about the human being. We understand that from certain regions of the brain, there's involuntary, uh, causes involuntary Constriction of the heart muscles and the lungs and all that. Okay, fine. It comes from that region of the brain. It flows through the nervous system. The muscles constrict everything. Where does it come from to get to there? Huh? Got to come from somewhere to get to there. Well, they can't answer that. But we can. Because we got the book. This got the answers and instructions. Where does it come from? Spirit. Spirit. Spirit is reality. God is spirit. God is called the father of spirits. And you are a spirit, not just a mind and a body. You are a spirit. And if the Lord tears is coming and you live out your lifetime and they bury this body... You will not be in there. You will not be in that grave. You, uh, somebody said, oh, you know, I just can't stand the thought of, you know, them putting me in that box and and closing it and throwing the dirt on me and, ooh, you won't be there. You won't be there. There are no spirits in the cemetery. Those bodies, are there's nothing in them. But as you sit here tonight, is there something in your body? Huh? You're sitting there right now, looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. I see you, but I don't see you. I see the house you're living in. You're on the inside, like a hand in a glove. What is death? Death is just taking the glove off. That's all it is. And if you're saved, you go up. If you're not, you go down. Reality. Truth. There are spirits on the earth. There are spirits beneath the earth. There are spirits above the earth in heaven. Spirits. Now, discerning the spirits is God's supernatural ability to see into that realm, to hear in that realm, and to distinguish spirits in that realm. 
Is that valuable? Is that important? Again and again, visions from God and dreams and trances, any form of these visions have to do with the manifestation of this gift. Discerning of spirits. Isaiah talked about it. He said, I saw the Lord on his throne, high and lifted up. I saw him. (laughs) How did he see that? Where is it? Can you drive there? Can you fly there? How can you get there? (laughs) John on the Isle of Patmos. Most of that book is him having manifestation of discerning the spirits. And listen to this phraseology. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was what? I was in the spirit. And he said, and I heard something. I heard a voice. And then he he saw things and he heard things. This is discerning the spirits. Glory to God. Do we still need this today? Don't you think somebody ought to have a clue of what's going on in the spirit realm? Or do we just bump along in the flesh and only aware of what our senses can tell us? There is another realm. There is another realm. The realm of spirits. And when we slip out of this body, we'll be completely aware of that realm. We'll live in that realm instead of this one. And if you could back off about where the moon is and see planet Earth, you would see that millions are arriving and departing daily. Births and deaths. Births are arrivals. They existed somewhere else first. Mom and daddy didn't create them. They were involved in their body, but they didn't create their spirit. So there are arrivals. But then all the people that are dying, you'd see spirits leaving here. Departures. And they're aware then of the realm of the spirit. How many believe, just like the Bible said, there is a heaven. There is the throne of God. There is the crystal sea. There is the great bow behind God. God's own personal bow. He's put a manifestation of it in the earth. We see it once in a while, the rainbow. That's his bow, the Bible said. The winged creatures that are before the throne, the four and twenty elders, all the millions and millions and millions and millions of his people that have died and gone on, they are there. They are the spirits of just men made perfect. They're there. Not imagination. They're there. Just as sure as you're here, they're there. And the Bible said we walk by faith, not by sight. But we're willing rather to be absent from the body. And present with the Lord. (laughs) What is that? That is coming out of one realm into the other. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, You know, some intellectuals say, oh, conjecture, conjecture, theory. No, Bible. Bible. 
If you believe the Bible, it's settled for you. There is a realm of the Spirit. And God gives manifestations of discerning of spirits that allow looking into that realm and hearing of that realm and distinguishing spirits that are there. Listen to these two definitions. We've mentioned Howard Carter before, and I respect his teachings on this subject greatly. And uh, let me read this to you. He says, if one was informed about a spirit, but had no vision of the spirit, he would not discern it. So you can know things about spirits by word of knowledge, but this is not word of knowledge. This is what? Looking and distinguishing. He said, by the discerning of a spirit, we see beyond the sphere for which we have been created, since we are a natural being. The discerning of spirits is only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and we perceive things and beings that live in the spirit world. We're allowed to look beyond the sphere which we're created for. Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, he said it like this. He said, the discerning of spirits gives us supernatural insight into the realm of spirits. It is seeing into the spirit world, and it also can reveal the kind of spirit behind a supernatural manifestation. Well, that's the distinguishing part. Seeing and knowing the kind of spirit. There are different kinds of spirit. Human spirits, angelic spirits, the divine Holy Spirit, demon spirits. Most of the world lives oblivious to this, don't they? And because to them it's not proven scientifically, they don't believe in it. But how can you be be a Christian and not believe in spirits? God is a spirit. And God told us we're spirits. He's the father of spirits. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. We're to be hungry and covet the gifts of the Spirit. We are to live a spiritual life, not just a carnal life, not just a mental life, not just a physical life. We're in this realm. And we're supposed to walk by faith. God didn't promise us that we're just going to be all aware of that realm all the time and not this one. No, we're made for this realm right now. This is where we're going to be, you know, spend most of our time and most of our awareness. This is where we are. We're to walk by faith. See that we just quoted that a moment ago. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're willing to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. We know he's there. That's the faith part. We know he's with us. We don't see him. We don't feel him. We can't x-ray him. We can't put him under the microscope. He's in a different realm. But he's here. He's with us. We take it by faith. And we walk by faith. With him. 
But there are times as you're walking by faith, God could open your eyes and let you see what you know is there. How many remember the man of God and they sent the army to get him? And he walked out of there, his servant walked out of there and just, you know, panicked and said, what in the world are we going to do? And uh, the prophet, the man of God, and of course now the prophet's ministry is going to have more of this than others because the prophet's called a seer. Well, how could they see? Discerning of spirits. And so the one that is operating truly in that ministry will have this manifestation. Discerning of spirits operating in their life and ministry. And he said there's more with us than there are with them. What's he talking about? Now what we find out is he wasn't just talking by faith. He saw them. He saw them. And so he just went ahead and said, Lord, open the young man's eyes. Let him see what I'm seeing. And when he did, just a few moments ago, all he saw was those soldiers rattling their spears and looking threatening at them. And he just saw the hills and and everything behind them. But God opened his eyes, gave him a discerning of spirits, let him look into that realm. And he saw chariots of fire and angelic warriors all over those hills, outnumbering the enemy Big time. But now probably nobody else saw them. But those two. But that doesn't mean they weren't there. Just because you can't see it. Doesn't mean it's not there. How many believe there is a realm of the spirit? Hmm? God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit. Is he here? And see, back up to John 3 now. If you, are you still in John 4? John 3. Jesus said in John 3, 3. Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of... He can't what? See, see what? Unless what? You know, there's another scripture in Hebrews that says, without holiness... No man will see. Now people have taken that and twisted it and said, well, that just means going to heaven. Well, no, if he'd wanted to say going to heaven, that's what he'd have said. It could include some of that, but it's more to it than that. See, he said you, unless you're born again, you can't, cannot see the kingdom of God. It's an impossibility to the individual. So, What's the beginning of the journey? Being aware of God's realm. Hmm? Got to get born again. What gets born again about you? Not your brain. Brain doesn't get born again. Not your mind. Mind doesn't get born again. Not your body. It's your spirit. It's your spirit. Gets born again. Becomes a new creation in Christ Jesus. Nicodemus said to him. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Didn't make sense to him. Why? (laughs) Exactly right. He was not yet born again. 
He's not seeing into that realm at all. He's not seeing the kingdom of God. He's just a natural man. All he can think is natural. He's a good man. He can quote scripture, Old Testament, but he's only thinking naturally. Jesus had difficulty with this, challenges with this all through his ministry. He'd tell his own guys, even after years of being with them in the ministry, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they went back and huddled and said, he's upset because we didn't bring bread. (laughs) He wasn't talking about natural bread. But see, natural people can only think natural. And so every time you say something, they try to force it into that box of natural. And if it doesn't fit, then they don't accept it and throw it out. How many remember he taught them a message on drinking his blood and eating his flesh? (laughs) And you talk about losing some partners that day. Man, (laughs) it's not an exaggeration. There were thousands of people left his ministry that day and did not go back to hear him again. And you know, one of the things he said in summary after that, he said, the flesh profits nothing. He said, it's the spirit that quickens. And the words I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. That's what the message was about. But they wouldn't hang around long enough to discern it. Get it. Keep reading. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Now, let's stop right here. What is being born of water? That's natural birth. You are born out of an environment of water, aren't you? You are covered. You are surrounded. You are immersed in water. And you're born out of that realm. And what else? And of the spirit. Is there a realm of spirit just like there's a realm of water? Is it just as real as water? Yes, it is. Can you be born in the spirit just like you're born in the natural? Absolutely. He said that which is born... Uh, Verse 6, of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists and you hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You hear people referring to air as nothing. And it is not nothing. You go into outer space where there is no air. And you find out air is very real. Just move your hand like this. You can feel it on the back of your hand. It's just as real as moving your hand through water. Water's denser. We live in the realm of air. Take another breath of it. (sighs) This is what we were made for. 
It's what our bodies were made for. This is our element. This is our environment. There's another environment. There's another element. Spirit. You're also made for that. (laughs) We can operate in both realms. Somebody say glory to God. We can operate in both realms. Thank you, Father. Listen to these scriptures. Isaiah 42, 5. Thus says God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out. He spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it. Let's just stop right here. Is this true or not? So, Mrs., what about the Big Bang? Huh? Maybe there was a big bang when some of this happened. I don't know. But I know who did it. God created the heavens and stretched them out. And he spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it. Now keep reading. And he gives what? Breath to the people upon it. And what? Spirit to them that walk therein or in it. They're not breathing, but they're still spirits. At this time, everybody was in the heart of the earth, good and bad. There was Abraham's bosom. Remember Jesus talking about that? And there was a great gulf between that and another place of torment. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he rose from the dead, went and preached to the spirits. Huh? You remember that? Pre- Why would he do that? It was their first opportunity to be born again. Nobody. Who's there? David, Abraham, all those guys. And they believed and he took captivity captive. And he left that place and they went with him up into glory. They're all still there. Keep that in mind and go to Philippians real quick. I could quote it to you, but let's read it. Oh, bless the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you in Philippians yet? I got so many things going on me at the same time. Let me just combine them, Ephesians and Philippians. While we're talking about it. How many know that in Ephesians 1 he talks about he's given him a name that is above every name. Philippians and Ephesians. He's raised him up high above all principality and power and authority. All dominion. Every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And you combine that with Philippians. He talks about. He's given him a name that is above every name, that at that name, can you quote it with me? Every knee must be of what? Hmm? Well, things is in the uh, King James. But if you look at it, it's referring to beings, of beings on the earth. And where else? Under the earth, in heaven and on earth. And under the earth, there are beings in all three places right now. Here on planet earth, on the surface, is not the only place where there's beings. Somebody said, is there life out there? Yes. 
Always has been. You think there's life anywhere else? Yeah. Under us and above us. They're spirits. There's a connection between our breath and our spirit. In fact, if you look up the Hebrew words and the Greek words, they're used interchangeably. It's hard to tell sometimes if they're talking about breath or spirit. But it shouldn't be confusing because how many know that when your breath is gone, (laughs) your spirit's gone too. The breath and the spirit are connected and the blood. The Bible said the life is in the blood. Of course, you know, uh, blood's connected to breathing. Hmm? Blood circulating in the lungs and picking up the oxygen and taking it to every part. But there's something in there you can't see. There's something besides oxygen and other stuff in that bloodstream. There's spirit. I said there's spirit. And people talk about life. You know, the blood takes life to every part of the body. What is that life? Show it to us. Now you can see the natural elements at work, but the spirit of a man or woman is inside this body. And the life that God has created in that spirit is touching every part through the breath, through the blood. One of these days, the Lord doesn't come beforehand, we'll quit breathing. I said, is that a problem? Not really. Not for believers. You'll quit breathing. When you quit breathing, your spirit will come out of your body. It won't stay in a dead body. Thank God. (laughs) God's got it set up right. Don't be concerned about it. Your spirit will come out of that body. And the Bible said that to those of us, you and I, that believe on him, it's appointed unto men to die once, one time. And when that happens, or he comes beforehand and we're changed, that means we can never die again. Ever. Do you believe that or not? We can never die again. The Bible said the second death, separation from God, cast into hell, has no power over us. We will not experience death a second time. Can never die again forever, eternity. But when you realize you're going to be around that long, it kind of makes you relax. Kind of breathe a sigh of relief and go, huh. I'm going to be here. Maybe not right here, but I'm going to be around. Eons and eons and eons to come. Because I'm a spirit. Did you know inside your spirit is not aging? Yeah, you know your body's aging. You know that. But inside you are not growing older. That's why it's such a foolish thing for people to talk about, well, you know, I'm 50 years old now, I'm 60 years old, I'm X amount of years old, and I'm losing my memory, and I just, you know. You're not supposed to lose your memory. You're supposed to be sharp. Your mind is not physical. You're supposed to be stronger spiritually than you've ever been. The inward man is renewed. 
Day by day, you're supposed to know more, be more, see more, understand more. Yeah, the body's going to age, but not you. Why don't you try that out loud? Say it out loud. My body may age, but not me. You're not just a body. If you start acting old, it's because you let something influence your mind and begin to believe things you shouldn't be believing. Because inside you haven't aged a day since you were born again. Only grown and developed. The Lord gave me discerning the spirits a couple of years ago about a situation. And I saw a person that had gone. And I, I knew him in this life. And I saw him. I had never seen them like that. They were always older than me all the time I had known them. And... Uh, Ever since I'd known them, they had had gray hair and, and were older. Their hair was jet black. <laughs> Their features, I, it's hard to describe them. They, I'd never imagined they looked that good. <laughs> Wonder what you look like when you get out of this body, when you go on to be with the Lord. No aging, no dying, no pain, no, none of that. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Say it again, glory to God. He said he gives breath to the people upon it and he gives spirit to them that walk therein. Supernatural vision into the realm of spirits. Now I want to mention this and then we'll uh, find a place to unhook. Brother Hagen, my father in the faith, said on one occasion he had a vision and it was a discerning of spirits. He said he no more expected it. He says it like this, than he expected to be the next man to land on the moon. Well, that means you're not expecting it. And he was having a meeting. He was at a pastor's house. And they were having a sandwich at the table in the kitchen. And his little daughter came in and said, Daddy, it's late. I, you know, pray with me before I go to bed. And, and he said, oh, yeah, fine. Let's do it right now. And they all knelt down uh, to pray. And he said when he knelt down, it was like he knelt into a cloud. Didn't they? They're expecting to finish their sandwich and go to bed. Not expecting this. He said he saw a cloud. Like he'd knelt into a brilliant white cloud. And he saw the Lord. Have other people seen the Lord in the Bible? Hmm? Can it happen? If you don't believe it can happen, then you don't believe the Bible. So I don't believe it happened to them. Well, that's your choice. That's your prerogative. But be sure that you're not saying, I don't believe it can happen. Because if you say that, you don't believe the Bible. Paul saw the master. How many remember he was on the road to Damascus? Didn't even believe in the Lord. On his way to kill Christians. Is that right? Breathing out threatenings against them. 
and he saw a bright light. You must say, how do you know he saw the Lord? We have to look at other chapters later in the book of Acts. He says he saw him. Ananias said he saw him. And he saw the Lord. And he said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. Let's just stop right here now. Did that really happen? And the Bible said the other people that were with him, they didn't see what he saw. They didn't hear what. They heard some stuff, but they didn't see that. Why? God gave him discerning of spirits. He's walking on this dusty road. He sees the people with him. He sees the trees on the side of the road and the birds and the corn out in the field. And all at once, he sees something else that was already there, but he couldn't see it until the Lord opened his eyes and gave him a discerning of spirits. And he saw the Lord that they crucified and put on the cross and buried, but is no longer in the grave. He saw him. He saw him. Is it possible somebody could see him today? Yes. Absolutely. It's possible. Somebody said, well, I, I want to see him. I know you do. Every one of us in here want to see him. <laughs> and we're going to see him. Yes. We're not guaranteed that we'll see him in this life. He expects us to walk by faith. Amen. But there are times and situations where it is his will to reveal himself to people. And let them see him for purposes and for reasons. How many understand how Paul began his ministry with this supernatural vision? Do you know how he ended it up? Talking about the vision. When they finally brought him, you know, after years in the ministry, and he wound up in front of King Agrippa, and he wound up in front of Felix, and those, he's doing what the Lord told him in the vision that he would do. You know what he talked about? The vision. You remember that? He said, King, I was on my way to Damascus. You remember? Did you read it? And I saw a bright light, brighter than the noondays. Isn't that what he said? In front of the kings. And he finished it up by saying, Wherefore, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. Did it mean something to him? Do we need that kind of thing today? No, we're not saying all of us are going to have visions of Jesus. Or, In fact, I need to say it like this. The book of Acts, you see these spectacular things happening. Every one of these nine manifestations that we're talking about is in this book. But you'd have to add to the text to say some of these spectacular things happen to these individuals more than two or three or four times in their whole lifetime. And it didn't happen for everybody. And so you got to watch about, you know, so I, I want to see him. I want to see him. I'm going to fast and pray till I see him. It's possible you could fast until you passed out and not see him. You can't initiate it. It's not something you can accomplish through effort, through pushing. It's as he wills. And he has required us to walk by faith. What does that mean? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen. 
He expects you to believe He's there and to walk with Him like you can see Him, even though you can't. And to say, no, I'm not going to have it. I got to see you. I want to see you now can be you rebelling against what He said and refusing to walk by faith. But at the same time, we need to be open that if God does choose to manifest himself that way with some of us, we don't just close it off and say it can't happen. It can happen. Has happened. Does happen. Will happen. And we'll respect it. Now, just because somebody comes and says, I had a vision of the Lord and I saw him and he told me this doesn't mean you automatically believe it. I don't care who it is. Well, I heard the Lord. I heard a voice told me this. I saw the Lord. I saw him just as plain as I see you. And he told me this. That does not mean you just swallow it hook, line, and sinker and say, okay, you saw the Lord. No, all of these things should be judged. Every prophecy, every vision, Every dream, every voice should be judged. Number one, by the written Bible. Written Word of God. It should be judged against that. Number two, does it bear witness with you? In your own spirit. Because if it was the Holy Spirit in them, that's the same Spirit that's in you. Same Holy Spirit. And if it's Him in them, you'll have a witness about it in you. When you hear it, you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you're hearing it, you're going, huh? Uh, uh, uh. What do you do? Don't accept it. Don't believe it. Unless and until you get enlightened about it. Yeah, but they're a prophet. I don't care. They're a prophet and apostle and super evangelist. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's your pastor. I don't care if it's me. Did you hear me now? You judge every vision, every voice, every prophecy, every tongue and interpretation. You judge it. You judge it by the Bible. And does it bear witness to you in your own spirit? Judge it. Are y'all with me now? Because there has been a lot of damage done. Somebody popped up and said, you know, the Lord told me and the Lord showed me and I had a vision. And everybody just followed after it and flocked after it and it wasn't the Lord at all. But it doesn't change the fact that it can happen. The Lord is real. He's the head of the church. If he wants to reveal himself to somebody, he sure can do it. Don't have to ask you or me. And if we think, well, I wouldn't have picked them. (laughs) <laughs> I'd pick somebody else well we're sure glad you're not the Lord <laughs> glory to God glory to God somebody say glory to God now what I wanted to do was go in the book of Acts and just take you through the book of Acts case after case after case where this happened and we're out of time tonight But can you come back another time? Huh? Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me, let me leave you with these, these thoughts. 
What have we learned already that we can do to towards an increased manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit? What can we do? There's two things we've been talking about over and over again. We can hunger and thirst after these things. What else can we do? We can pray in other tongues. You hear this phrase, and they're connected. In fact, I was reminded today, having traveled with Brother Hagin for a number of years, uh, some of these things, I, I've heard him say them so many times, I remember them verbatim. And um, on that particular vision that we were talking about, the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to teach you about the devil and demon, evil spirits and possession. And he said, I'm going to teach you. He said, for what is known in my word as discerning the spirits from this night on will operate in your life when you're in the spirit. Somebody say in the spirit. Now, this is a term that is not understood very much. And the term spirit-filled has become a descriptor instead of an experience. And I mean, you got spirit-filled church, spirit-filled people, spirit-filled ministry, spirit-filled couple. I mean, spirit-filled ice cream. You got spirit-filled. How many of what I'm talking about? It's just spirit-filled has become a title. And it's not supposed to be a title. It's an experience. He says, well, you know, I talked in tongues, so I'm spirit-filled. Not necessarily. You may have been spirit-filled 20 years ago. Well, I talked in tongues today. That's not the same as being full of the Spirit. If that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. But a key to having more of these things, let's go back to this phrase. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And what happened? I heard something. He saw, he heard and he saw. Somebody say, in the Spirit. What's the opposite of in the Spirit? In the flesh. Where do most people live most of the time? In the flesh. They are completely and totally aware of this. And that's it. Praying in tongues helps you to be more aware of the Spirit. Listen to the phrase. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Be filled. Well, the Greek says be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Can we do something that would help us get more aware of the Spirit? Yes. Pray in tongues. Speak in tongues. Pray in tongues. It's no coincidence that in the same chapters where he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. And he was having to give them correction about speaking in tongues at the wrong time and wrong way, wrong place. So right now, how about closing your eyes? Begin to speak in tongues right now. Focus on the Holy Spirit inside you. Osto mankele flemendiax. Oggi dimande gonove ne mille predesi, dili grivadi belong di venien, nien, nanze, alak, doxo, doze, neshe, kesta, lagzo, dojo, mente, pile, 
salite. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody, pray this out loud with me. Father God, help us to become aware, more aware of your Holy Spirit in us, with us, around us. Help us to live a Spirit-filled life, Spirit-led life. Teach us what it means to be in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Not what men have said, not what religion teaches. Teach us, bring us into the reality of the Spirit. Pray some more. Covel embraced Lidi galando, oshtola mande, deleng zanaka, deleng zania, deleng zanore, deleng zanike, deleng zanole vandase lambiche. Oh, le fodosere greme di le mande con mosho, deveni mande vonole mbambaro embremengze alagio, dele galando e onoso sonondi velembre de bane. Nev, come on, lift up your voice some more. Oh, leva lo soco. Leva le manzan de banogia. Leva le masan cose de je de je. Ave marose, va marose, va marose. Va marose, eleva nasa, alevangele. Alvanole, alvamiele. Oh, bella sara vomelenzendi l'andola, l'andola, l'andola. Oh, sei lavatore, manale, manore, la manale, manore, le. Evele masing and undolen of a calabani, ling and a vone again of an injury, far of a known vile and bonga vadania no she. Even a sallow, even a sallow, even a sallow, over my race, a no so do gallo. Ele manan gallo, nien in de la novobe. I rosade of a double gove and man be great jay. Praise and a vandom of soul or no jay. Prailing and anning on the vomily landed in a shitty dart on the vomily lady. Oh, so my rande geshi. Delang non sung nang de gang ni elek deshti. Zelavamen in osu sok de kare bedi deji. Avele nonsu doji da deli. Basu non de lande doni ne shikede. Dele mana gona monsu sona gana mele. Overambase. Ovema barasedi. Barafon de brasi. Bane gondi baring grindi andi sele kare andi. Gestian ne ande ora sale, 
Baron Sendelan Gosalandia Jedi. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, if we'll do more of this. If we'll do more of this. So many are so busy. So preoccupied. No time for this. But if we'll take time, if we'll wait on the Lord, pray in the Spirit, quiet our minds, focus on Him, many will see, many will know, many will hear. It'll become a common thing. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said out loud, Lord. Open our eyes. Let us see all that you would. Beyond this realm. Beyond this flesh realm. Beyond this natural world. All that you would. Reveal to us. And let us see. And let us hear. We ask for it. As a church. We ask for it. As a family. But we'll not push you about it. We'll not refuse. To walk by faith. We will walk by faith. Even though we can't see you, we know you're there. And we love you. And we walk with you by faith. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.